evening, campers. This concludes another exciting day at Camp Bridge. And what a day it was. The results of the archery competition will be posted tomorrow in the dining hall. Don't forget, those of you going on the canoe trip tomorrow, bring an extra pair of socks. We'll be roasting marshmallows and telling campfire stories over by the pond. For anyone interested, we hope to see you all there. Also, would the owner of the SpongeBob SquarePants towel please report to the lost and found located by the nursery station. This is Gerald, concluding tonight's announcements. See you campers by the bonfire. Hey Paul, you heading off of the bonfire? It's been a long fun day of camp. I'm looking to unwind with some marshmallows and scary stories. What? Scary stories? We're going to ask Counselor Dan if we can tell some scary stories tonight by the fire. Okay, maybe we should just ask him the happy stories. What? That's no fun. Some campers here at Camp Bridge have created some very scary stories, and we're hoping they would tell them to us. They work super hard crafting descriptive stories, and I for one, one am looking forward to it, aren't you? I guess. Will you sit near me just in case? Of course. Okay, we're here. Look, everyone's crowded around the fire. Counselor Dan just threw another log on the fire. Hey, Counselor Dan, can we tell scary stories tonight? Scary stories? No way. You campers will have nightmares in your bunks tonight. No, we won't. We promise. Please, can we? I was going to tell you all the exciting story of how the U.S. Constitution was formed. No! Okay, fine. But no nightmares. I don't want anyone up all night. We have a canoe trip tomorrow. Anyone have a scary story to tell? The night is perfect. There's a full moon and the air is crisp. Anyone? I've got a story. Let's hear it. Okay. I called the story. It's just the wind. Where did that music come from? This story takes place in the home of two friends who are having a sleepover. Wake up! Ugh, what time is it? Binday, remember our bet? Christy said that if we went to the old JoLynn house, she would give us each $50. That's why we had a sleepover. You agreed to it. We can't break a promise. Anya remembered the dare, though now that she had gotten a good night's sleep, it didn't seem like such a good idea. Is your camera ready to film it all? Yep, now get dressed so we can get going. Anya got into her gray t-shirt, white jeans, black boots, and her favorite black and white sweater. Okay, I'm ready. Then let's go. Outside, it was pitch black. The street the Joe Lynn house was on didn't have any street lights either, so when they got to the house, they couldn't see anything. They started filming the light the camera gave off. Helped a little bit. They walked up to the door. Uh, do I have to go in? Yep, you're my best friend. I never do anything to harm you. The door made a loud noise when they walked in. They sat down on the dusty red velvet couch. What's the big deal about this house anyway? Ooh, you haven't heard the story yet? Well, lucky I brought the book I wrote about it. H.A. was always writing stories. Once upon a time, more than a hundred years ago, a family lived in this house. There was a mother, a father, a brother and his older sister, Annie. Now, Annie was very small for her age. When she was 15, she was only five foot, two inches, though she was very beautiful. Her brother, Jack, was very jealous of his beautiful older sister, 
who would soon inherit the house and all his parents' money. One rainy dark night, when his parents were away, he called his sister to his bedroom. Annie, let's have a, have a sleepover. Yeah. Annie loved sleepovers. Soon after that, when they were getting ready for bed, she heard a noise. It sounded quite like footsteps coming up the creaky old stairway. Little did she know that that was her brother's friend coming upstairs to kidnap her. What is that noise? Jack, I'm scared. Her voice sounded even more small and puny than usual. Don't worry, it's just the wind. Okay. About an hour later, she heard it again, but this time it was closer, at the top of the stairs. Again, Jack. Don't worry, Annie. It's just the wind. A little while later, when they were just getting in their beds, Annie said, Jack, I hear it again, but this time it's right outside the door. The door burst open loudly, and there was Jack's friend. Jack's friend kidnapped both of them, betraying his friend. Oh, well, that's why this place is supposedly haunted. Yep. Wait, what's that noise? She noticed one of the musty old photos on the wall. It was a photo of the family. There was a mom, a dad, a brother, and AJ. Anya never asked what AJ stood for. AJ, Annie Jolin. AJ was the girl that got kidnapped and was never heard from again. The noise? It's just the wind. Neither girl was ever seen again. Wow, Mimi, that was a really spooky story. Yeah, it was like a story within a story. Anyone else have a scary story to tell? I've got a story. Want to hear it? The bees like honey? Of course we do. I call this story The Crying Piglet. Seriously, where is the music coming from? My story takes place in a small town, just like this one. It's nighttime and a little girl is heading home, trying to make it home for dinner. I'm so hungry. I wonder what's for dinner tonight. Maybe I'll take the shortcut through this graveyard. I wish I could go around it, but it's getting dark and I need to get home. The graveyard was a little disturbing, but she was fine. She started to jog into the thin window until she saw a little figure crying in the distance. She walked over to the figure. It smelled a bit like garbage and looked a bit like a ghost. Why are you crying? I'm scared. About what? About everything. About monsters. About scary footsteps. About groaning trees. About you. But why are you scared of everything? Because when I was alive, I was scared of everything. And when I died, the only thing that came with me was my fear. Oh. She started to walk away. She thought about what would come with her when she died. Little did she know that that very night she would find out. Whoa, Bishop, how did she die? It's called a cliffhanger. You're supposed to be left wondering. Fill in the missing details yourself. That was a great story. Does anyone else have a good one? I've got a good story. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Sure. I call this story The Old Man from Wisteria Drive. 
music again. Seriously, this is getting creepy. Everyone in Waynesville knew that the house at 308 Wisteria Drive was haunted. Apparently, a wizard lived there and drank the blood of anyone who went inside. The blood kept him young so that he would not live in pain. He was unable to die because of a failed immortality spell. I didn't think that was true. I was the only person brave enough to go inside. Actually, that was because of my dog. Kathleen, will you walk the dog? Sure. I jumped up, grabbed my dog, put on his leash, and jogged out the door. The cool fall air blew my hair away from my face. The colorful fall leaves crunched beneath my feet. Gus, my dog, padded over to a tree. Suddenly, he stopped his nose in the air. What is it, Gus Bear? Suddenly, Gus lunged. I was pulled off my feet, but managed to regain my balance to race after him. He ran a couple of blocks before I managed to grab his leash. He bolted up a driveway, and, with a jolt of fear, I realized where we were. The old house looming in front of us was the house at 308 Wisteria Drive. The shutters moved without any wind. A smell like old roses came from the inside of the house. Gus ran up the broken steps, bounding over the holes, which, of course, I fell in. He pulled me over the splintered door and into a long, dust-covered hallway. I saw a light in a room to the side of the hall and peered in. I stifled a scream. The room was like an apothecary, full of bottles of strange things. In one of the bottles, I saw, are those eyes? Okay, I've got to get out of here, I thought. I walked back to the door with Gus, but somehow it was locked. I was thinking about breaking the door when I heard a sound behind me. Hello, honey. I immediately spun around. An elderly man was standing behind me. His skin fell down in bags and his eyes were sunken. I had no idea how he was still alive. Who are you? That does not matter. My heart was beating like I had just run a marathon. He motioned for me to follow. I did. It was probably the stupidest thing I had ever done. He led me to a living room that probably used to be very beautiful, but the velvet was old and threadbare. A spider was making a web in the window, and everything was covered in a layer of dust. The man set down a tray from 1620. The biscuits and milk looked like they had expired in 1620. So, you may be wondering why I brought you here. Not really. I am trespassing on your property. Oh no, not at all. I want to drink your blood. Ha ha ha. What do you really want? To drink your blood. As if to prove his point, he pulls out a knife. I shall add your blood to my potion and be forever young. That's when I ran. I dashed up the stairs, slipping on the coating of dust. As I reached the top of the third floor, I remembered that the roof had collapsed a few months ago. It blocked any chance I had of escaping. There was nothing near me to fight with. I was scared. Not watching a horror movie scared. Really scared. The old man had moved faster than I had expected. He was nearing the top of the stairs already when I remembered that I had a Swiss army knife in my pocket. I pulled it out, although I really didn't want to fight an old man. Little girl, do you think you can fight me? I am immortal. When did you become immortal? If I could keep him talking, maybe I could escape. 1617, of course. Now my friends and family are dead. I can't die though, so I will just become young again. Do you want to die? Of course, but I need blood given freely to make the potion. We both realized at the same time that I could do it. Well, what about me? Yes, yes, that would work. Gus barked as if saying yes. We walked down the stairs and into the potions room. The man, who said his name was Hamish, collected ingredients and told me to cut some vegetables. Then he poured them all into the cauldron and added something that looked like sugar. 
Now all that was left was the blood. I held my hand above the cauldron and cut my hand slightly with a knife. A drop of my blood fell into the mixture. Hamish scooped a cup out of it. Catherine. Yes. Take my notes. Learn them. But do not make my mistakes. I will try. Hamish drank the mixture. A look of pure happiness crossed his face before he turned into smoke. Goodbye. We had left Gus in the yard. I retrieved him and we walked home. I promised to myself that I would try to learn the potions. I'm going to have nightmares for a month. Hey, I said no nightmares. Anyone have one more quick story before curfew? I have one. It's pretty scary. Let's hear it. I'm not scared. Is anyone else? I'm kind of scared. Here we go. I call this story Claws. I guess I'll never know where that mysterious music was coming from. My story takes place on a foggy night just after a rainstorm. It's nighttime and James was walking his dog. His friend Alexia is with them. Run, buddy, run! Should we cut through this forest? It might be quicker. Sure, Alex. It looks like Buddy's heading that way anyway. When they were entering, James saw a sign that said, Warning, area is very dangerous in big red letters. James bent down and with a smirk on his face. Buddy, uh, buddy Alex, this sign says the forest is in danger. Well, danger is my middle name. Buddy looked at James and Alexia and started barking happily. They entered the forest and James felt something weird on his right foot. He looked down and saw that he was stepping in a small hole filled with dark, heavy brown mud. Ew, gross. What's wrong, James? Oh, I just stepped in a hole filled with, with disgusting mud. He was fine, though. Maybe a little muddy. He just walked it off. A little ways into the forest, Buddy started barking. What is it, boy? What is it? All of a sudden, Buddy bolted after a big, hairy animal. James was too far away to see it clearly. Hey, Alex, you see that? Not really, did you? Oh my god, Buddy make it super hurt. Don't say that. When Buddy came back, he had three giant scratch marks on his left paw. Buddy walked up to James. He was about to faint. Are you okay? I was so worried. So was I. Buddy just barked and barked and barked. Then James saw a gi- giant brown figure starting to come to him. Hey, Alex, do you see that? See what? The giant brown figure coming towards us. James and Alexia looked at each other and then bolted. Run, buddy, run. Eventually, they saw the animal. It was a bear cub. I guess we got too scared. It's cute, actually. But when they turned around... Oh, my goodness. Joseph, what what happened? What happened to them? Is this another cliffhanger? Actually, it's curfew. All right, everyone. Back to your bunk. Let's go. Off you go. Attention campers, it is officially lights out. Please return to your bunks and get some sleep. We have a big day tomorrow. Breakfast is at 8, and don't forget about arts and crafts at 9. We hope you all enjoyed our descriptive stories and hard work that went into applying descriptive words into our stories. Sweet dreams, everyone, and remember, no nightmares.